Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode of the show, I got to talk to Chelsea Stegman, who's a registered dietitian. You guys might remember her. She was on the show probably seven months ago, um, and we talked about what a a dietitian is, what they do on uh, like a regular basis, and all sorts of good stuff. And then today we talked a little bit more kind of specialized about the stuff that she does and the coaching that she does. She focuses in adrenal health, energy resource management, and all sorts of really cool stuff. Uh, We talked a lot about things like cortisol and supplements, um, sleep, prioritizing that and how those things can affect weight loss, can affect your performance in the gym. Uh, I think you guys will like this episode. Lots of good information in it. Uh, Be sure to, uh, if you enjoy it, share it with a family or friends, anybody. All right, that's enough of me. Here is Chelsea. Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm super to have happy to have you back. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. It's been what, seven months or so? So it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a little while. So for anybody who um, didn't listen to the first podcast and doesn't maybe know your background, if you want to just give like a little snippet about that, uh, just to get them a little bit familiar with you. Um, So I'm a registered dietitian. I'm based in Chicago, but I do a virtual nutrition coaching business. Um, So in the last podcast, I pretty much just launched it um, probably a month or so prior to the podcast. And now I'm, what, eight months in. So um, that's what I do right now. But I have a master's in nutrition, um, have a history of working in a health club setting, more sports nutrition. And now I'm working more with niching. Um, so now specifically adrenal health and just energy management in general. Yeah. So that uh, adrenal health and the energy management thing is, is uh, kind of new since our last conversation, right? Yeah, a little bit. I know. Our last conversation was very broad. It was more what does a registered dietitian do? Um, talking about weight loss. Um, which I've done in the past. But yeah, this is a little bit more specific um, just because I've developed more of my programming. Yeah. And I definitely want to get into all that. But before before we do, like how have you been the last eight months? So it sounds like a lot of things have changed in life. When we talked last, like COVID had us locked down completely. And now we're starting to be a little bit on the other side of that. Exactly. Um, So that was, I believe, September of last year, I want to say. So We've been through a winter here. I've been back and forth from Cincinnati to here. Um, So now I have rejoined a gym and everything. Things are a little bit more opened up, I would say. Um, And it's my first year of business. So I've received a lot of help, um, talked to a lot of different people, adapted and changed a lot of things. And I'll probably continue to do that for the next couple of years, I'd say. (laughs) Um, But definitely exponentially, just because it's my first year. Yeah, absolutely. And so as far as hungry for success goes, I I really, one of the reasons I chose the name is because I really um, like talking to people who want to be successful, not just like in weight loss and stuff, but like in all parts of their life. So whenever I I meet people who are entrepreneurs and are like going out and doing their own things, I think that's like really awesome. So how is like the first almost year of being in business for yourself been? So I love it. comes with its challenges naturally, um, but I feel very kind of at home in my element with it. Um, so yeah, there's been a ton of challenges and just kind of figuring things out as I go, um, but I kind of thrive in that environment. I've 
decided. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's been good. Um, like I said, I've received a lot of different help along the way too. Um, always good to have mentors, look at branding, marketing, et cetera. So still continuing to learn with that. Yeah. Especially when you're, um, you know, a small business owner, you're, you know, when you're in a big company, you got the marketing department and you got the HR and you got the advertising, you, you got all these different things, but you're like the product and the advertiser and everything. You're, yeah. you're all in one. Um, yeah, definitely. And there's definitely like streamlined ways to do that. But I'd say at first, it's just figuring out how you want to do it in your own way, which can be the hardest part and takes a lot of reflection and um, time. But I feel like I'm almost there. Well, I can tell you that I think it's awesome. And, and I know just like a very, very slight bit of the hard work because just like managing this podcast and finding guests and trying to promote it and actually doing the podcast and, and editing all those things like take up a large portion of my time. And this is just a one, you know, one hour show once a week that I'm not dealing with a hundred different clients or however, or 10 or however many. And so like, I can't even imagine the, the workload and stuff that it takes. So I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so far and yeah, I'm excited to see it grow. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the, the, term adrenal health and, and this energy management and the stuff that you've been really diving into and focusing on since the last time we talked? Mm -hmm. um, so as I said, I've been working on niching down a little bit since the last time we spoke. Um, so working with a specific population with a specific problem is what I'm doing. Um, so I can kind of in a way streamline that but have the same type of clients, I'd say. Um, so with that, I'm focusing more on adrenal health and blood sugar stabilization. I find they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so with adrenal health, um, managing cortisol levels. Um, so that's your stress hormone. Um, so especially with weight loss or just maintaining or gaining muscle mass, it's a, it plays a huge role in that. Um, and commonly in our society, it's just a huge problem that I've seen throughout my time being a dietitian. Um, so that's something I work with, with lifestyle factors, nutrition, specific nu nutrition for recovery, um, and just behavior change in general. So I could go on and on, but let me know if you have any other specific questions. Yeah. So when we say adrenal health, I know when we talked before, like this is one thing that I was just kind of confused about in general, but like, so what is that term and like, what, what do we mean when we say that? Um, so the big thing that I do is cortisol testing. Okay. Um, so this is kind of an easy way to look at that, but cortisol is part of adrenal health and that is your stress hormone. Um, so essentially that is supposed to be high in the morning. That's what wakes you up, makes you productive and then slowly taper off throughout the day, which allows you to go to sleep. Um, but some people, if they have high perceived stress, so just a lot of mental stress or even something physiologically going on in their body, um, they could have just off levels, high at night, maybe low in the morning, et cetera. Um, so we kind of tailor lifestyle factors and nutrition for that. So um, if, I, if I understand cortisol correctly, like it's natural overall purpose is like when I wake up in the morning, it's supposed to help pick me up mm -hmm. and then kind of my own natural energy source in a way yeah. and then yeah. keep then kind of tailors off so I can go to sleep at night. 
Yeah. So I always say it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it depends on the time of day. It does have a purpose in the body. It is adaptive, um, but we need the right amounts at the right time of day. Okay. So um, this is question might be like completely out of left field, but I, I've heard uh, a lot of people talk they, about like sleep hygiene and your like uh, circadian rhythm, how like your body like naturally knows to come up when the sun comes up, if you're exposed to sunlight and things like that. And then when the lights go dim, you're 30 minutes before bed or whatever, like does that um, circadian rhythm and lighting and stuff like play a factor in cortisol? Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's a telltale sign that it might be off if you have trouble going to sleep, if you wake up in the middle of the night, um, if you're super groggy in the morning and hitting snooze consistently for like an hour, definitely a sign. Um, so I talk a lot about just habits, circadian rhythm, just getting good quality sleep um, for so many factors with this and that can help with recovery from workouts, high stress lifestyle, all of that. Awesome. So what are, I think you touched on a little bit of them there, but what are some of the um, telltale signs or symptoms uh, of like poor adrenal health or, or cortisol levels might be um, off throughout the day? Mm -hmm. um, so one is that tired and wired feeling, I say. Um, so you're physically tired, but your brain's kind of going, going, going. Um, so we've all kind of felt that at some point. Um, relying on a false source of energy throughout the day. So it could be like caffeine all throughout the day. Um, I always say at least have a cutoff time or just notice how that's affecting you. Um, it could be just low energy, low mood for some people, um, poor energy during workouts, lightheadedness during workouts, um, sometimes salt or sugar cravings. Um, and as I said, it plays a huge role in blood sugar too. So that's kind of how it does affect that too. I mean, that sounds like most people that I know. Yeah, I was going to say, probably a very common problem that I've seen, one of the most common problems that I've seen. Really? So that that's one thing whenever I was kind of doing a little bit of research before this episode is that I was wondering, it's like, you know, how many people this actually affects and definitely weigh in on this, but like how important it is to focus on these things, right? So when we mm -hmm. talk about like weight loss and health just being healthy like you know there's like a hierarchy of things that we talk about and like getting you know whole natural foods and making sure that we're eating the right amount of calories not over or under eating and all these things like where does that kind of fall into play and then like on the that list of importance and yeah. like how many people do you think this like really affects um, so that is a loaded question, I would say. I feel like all of this does affect each other. Um, okay. So like overeating, undereating, especially undereating that I've seen with people and then just overtraining, a combination of the two can elicit that cortisol response. So make it abnormally high. Um, and I've seen that with a lot of people. Um, and I wouldn't say looking at that as just like one problem. It does vary from day to day, um, different periods in your life. I know most people, like, there's one period where they're super stressed all the time, and then maybe there's another period they might have another job, et cetera, um, where they're a little bit more relaxed. So just noticing how it is affecting you symptomatically because it could change from day to day. Okay, yeah. And so, 
lost my train of thought for a yeah. second. Okay. <laughs> um, so it, I mean, it obviously does sound like a big issue and that all those things come into play. So like you said, when you are under eating and overtraining is like a big opportunity for that to happen. So that, I mean, to me, that sounds like, you know, most of the weight loss community because mm-hmm. it, especially I picked on this a little bit, but at the beginning of the year, um, a lot of people did like the 75 hard challenge. Do you know what that is? I do not know what that is. So it's basically like 75 days in a row, um, two workouts a day. One has to be indoor, one has to be outdoor. And I think they're each like 30 or 45 minutes. And then it's like read 10 pages a day. You have to be, or you're supposed to be following some sort of nutrition plan. And in the grand scheme of things, it's probably helped a lot of people, um, you know, be dedicated and lose weight, but it's kind of like the all or nothing, like full in every day for 75 days. Mm -hmm. But I saw this year specifically, I saw a lot of people pairing it with like, um, the carnivore diet or keto diet or things like that. So these people, you know, are not probably people who are super experienced in, fitness and health and things like that they're just going from like living like an eating like a normal american diet to cutting their calories plus doing this 75 days of two two workouts a day like that seems like a recipe to get something like you're talking about yeah definitely um and with that i'd always like to look at like athletes as a role model with this um if you notice like the top athletes they spend a ton of time on recovery and just Mm -hmm. smart recovery like this Um, so that's kind of my general population is just high output in life, whether it's like a high stress job, maybe it could be, um, just a lot of exercise, et cetera. We just need that recovery and that nutrition for recovery to bounce back stronger. Um, but yes, people go just all or nothing, zero to 60. And as we know, not the best way to do things. And then you get yourself into a situation like this. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about how, stress plays a lot, plays like the biggest factor in that and one of those stresses being physical stress on top of a different type of physical stress of being like in a calorie deficit like so trying to lose weight mm-hmm. so just like focusing for a second on like the weight loss community how do you avoid how do you so we know we have to be in like a, a calorie deficit to lose some weight right mm-hmm. how do you like avoid turning that into um, this situation? Is it just, um, limiting your training or just finding that route, that balance between like a small calorie deficit and in normal training or what's that Mm -hmm. like? Exactly. Um, and that's kind of how my methods, how everything's played out. I start with, first of all, getting just adequate nutrients. So like multivitamins, et cetera, um, to make sure that we actually don't have those physiological cravings. Um, and then it helps with hormones, et cetera, um, just basic um, foundational habits. And then I go into blood sugar stabilization. Um, so if you've heard of macronutrients, I'm sure you've had every guest talk about that. Um, yeah. But that plays a huge role, just fiber, adequate macros, the right balance of that um, can help get you in that deficit, but keeping everything stable. Um, but the big thing is just checking in and the coaching part of things and just seeing like, okay, what symptoms are you experiencing? Um, if you have lightheadedness during workouts, we probably need a snack prior to your workout, et cetera. 
Um, so the coaching really comes into play, just talking through things, talking through symptoms based on the changes that you're making. So what is your, um, so you obviously have like a coaching service where you coach people on this, uh, topic specifically, what is your coaching look like? Are, are people, are these people talking to you weekly or daily or, or how, what's that look like? Um, so it is once a week right now. Um, so I have a get started package that I start with. Um, so it's one session education, which is an hour, half hour follow up, just kind of reiterate creating what we spoke about and then just making more goals, et cetera. And then another hour, then a half hour. Um, so just more of that slow education and coaching. Um, so the first one we go through more of getting away from that all or nothing mindset um, and just seeing what roadblocks they might have, all of that, um, making sure they do have foundational supplements, um, water intake, overall steps and movement per day, just kind of the basics, but we'd have to start from there. Um, and then the second education is macros, blood sugar, um, looking at like a plate visual and potentially percentages for macros, if that's something that I feel like is appropriate for them. Um, and then the third, we go through cortisol, um, kind of what I spoke about, but more HPA access, a little bit more in depth with the science, but not too much, um, but just kind of showing what's going on in their body. Um, recovery nutrition, um, so specific nutrients that help with that recovery or bouncing back. Um, and then more like an anti-inflammatory diet as well. And then the last one is going through just kind of that next level or just increasing that cognitive and also physical performance. So we go through a lot. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. But one thing that you uh, mentioned there was like, um, so stress that we put on our bodies or like physical stress um, might not just be like physical stress from exercise. Like it could be, um, stress like in your diet right so like mm -hmm. things that don't necessarily agree with you or if like you are aren't tolerant to uh like gluten or something like that mm -hmm. like that can put your body under the same type of stress as well right yeah definitely and it all comes down to inflammation i would say um but the cause or the root cause of that could be so many things as you just described um but yeah it could be something like that it could be mental stress perceived stress or stress or excess stress from a workout with under recovery. So, you know, it's kind of wild that all these things um, tie together. So when, when you talk about stress that, that contributes to, you know, poor adrenal health, and that could be stress from the food you eat or stress from the workouts you do or mental stress or, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. How It seems like it would be very hard to put those things to manage all those things. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I, I assume that's why um, there are people out there like you that exist to help people manage all these things because, you know, it's easy enough to get overloaded with life as, as it is, right, without thinking about all these things. But if you're experiencing some of these symptoms before, um, you know, how long could it take to fix some of these issues that people are having? Um, it really depends on person to person, um, but generally people work with me for about four to six months, um, and it's really just realizing the root of that and what's causing the stress and changing a lot of these lifestyle habits. 
Um, so yeah, I'd say about four to six months is pretty common, but it's all situational, I would say. Yeah. So another thing, uh, um, I am curious about that, that has come up a couple of times here, but is the blood sugar stabilization and how that plays a role because I, I'm not really, um, familiar with that. I don't really understand that whole concept. So if you could just like give us a little bit of background about that, that would be helpful. Okay. Yeah, it's harder because I don't have a visual. Usually I draw a little squiggly line or show people a visual. Um, but essentially what I say is we're trying to prevent the extreme peaks and valleys of blood sugar. It's naturally going to fluctuate throughout the day. It has a purpose for doing that. Um, but if it's really high chronically throughout the day and we have those spikes, um, which could be due to high stress or just a high sugar carbohydrate diet with lack of fiber or protein, um, we chronic re release insulin, which can signal that fat storage. Um, so that kind of plays a role into body composition. If we have that chronic high, and then if we have that chronic low, that's where your body releases cortisol. Um, cause for all it knows, you could be in a famine. It doesn't know where you're getting your next meal. Um, so it's more in that fight or flight response. Um, so yeah. It's trying to adapt. So we don't want the lows and we don't want the big highs, but keeping it stable. And you can usually tell with just reduced brain fog, just better energy throughout the day, better energy during workouts, just symptomatically, you can generally tell. Gotcha. So, I mean, that makes sense. So if glucose or insulin or whatever is our energy source and that mm -hmm. is dipping down, making us tired then our body like naturally produces cortisol to to pump us back up it exactly. could be present for it could be upping cortisol at the wrong times which is uh kind of throwing off our rhythm right mm -hmm. am i understanding that correctly yep definitely and, then, and the whole purpose of that is for your body to adapt um to maintain homeostasis just get back to normal so that's yeah. the mechanism and that's the why behind it but it just but sends one of those hormonal frenzy. So I guess one of the negative sides to that you're saying is that uh, just naturally causes our body to uh, take on more fat or like affects our body composition. Yeah. Um, so getting more into that, the highs can signal that fat storage. Usually it's localized, mainly like midsection, I would say. Um, and then the lows can cause muscle catabolism. So can break down muscle. Um, so commonly what I see if it's pretty high for a lot of people or just imbalanced for a lot of people is they have difficulty putting on muscle and then they have midsection weight gain. So more localized. Look like they have the beer belly, right? Yep. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do see like a lot of people in Facebook groups and uh, weight loss groups and things like that, that talk about like, uh, have this like stubborn midsection or I always hold like weight in my midsection or, or that's where I gain weight or things like that. And so um, I guess that could be a sign that you might be having some of these issues. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also used to do metabolic testing. So I used to look at what's your main fuel source. Is it carbs or is it fat? Um, and usually if it was like high, high carbs, stress was a common factor. Um, so that's okay. another way to look at that and that fuel source and how that plays a role in body composition. So uh, this is obviously a little off topic, but metabolic testing sounds cool. So how, what is a metabolic test? How, how does that work? 
yeah, I wish I still did them. <laughs> um, but so essentially, um, I used to do endurance testing and also just resting or sitting. So the resting one, it, you, you're hooked up to a breathing machine, basically, specific to this, but you breathe through a tube for a little bit. Um, and it can tell me the calories that you specifically burn at rest. And then if you're more geared towards fat or carb burning. Um, so that can help me kind of tailor the macros, um, talk about lifestyle factors, and then give you just a target calorie goal. Hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting. So like you think that is different for everybody, like what fuel source or what uh, – what they do better with as far as like uh, macro ratios? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So usually for the fat burn, I like about 60 to 80%. Um, but commonly if it's more geared towards the carb, I can tell why. And it's usually stress, a high carb intake, maybe high endurance activity with low recovery from what I've seen. Um, or if it's super high on the other side, the fat burning, it could be more keto territory and it almost definitely always is. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> What's like interesting just from my own personal experience is like, I, I think that I feel better, like on a daily basis, feel better, like better quality of life when I'm eating a lower carb diet. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, but with the amount of exercise I do as far as like CrossFit in the morning, jujitsu at night and like kind of burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. I feel like I need that car, the carbs to make it happen. Right. And I, I honestly do not feel as good like on a daily basis when I'm eating that way, but I feel like I perform better in the long run. Yeah. Does that kind of like make sense with what you're saying? It does. And that's why it's helpful to talk that through with a coach. Um, you can kind of tailor everything, even timing. Carbs are best utilized around workouts. So time that at least. Um, so there's a lot of factors there. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense, even for what I do, just kind of naturally, like what I'm drawn to is like, not trying to make this all, all about me and my situation mm -hmm. here, but like I wake up in the morning, first thing I do, smash some carbs, go work out, come home large breakfast with a bunch of carbs. And then like at night, I don't even, I don't even really feel like I need any carbs, but first thing in the morning, as soon as I work out lunch, carb heavy. And then, you know, that kind of like falls off throughout the day. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's funny. Cause it's just like right in line with what you're saying is like around those workouts. I, I literally feel like I need them, like have yeah. to have them. Okay. Um, but yeah, symptomatically, as I said, you feel like you don't need them the rest of the day. That's a pretty good sign. Um, do you feel pretty good during your workouts with those carbs around your workouts? Oh yeah. I, yeah. I feel, I feel great. Like I could literally stop eating carbs at like three o'clock and then with my dinner, just be like, you know, keto or whatever, essentially type looking plate just uh -huh. because, you know, I'm going to eat that food and then go to bed. So that's just kind of how I feel like I naturally fall into place. Yeah. So the lack of cravings is a really good sign. And I'm sure there's been a point in your life where you've definitely had cravings. <laughs> oh, so yeah. you can tell the difference. Yeah. And you know, I mean, they're there occasionally, right? Like sometimes mm -hmm. you, you're watching a movie at night and you just want some like M&Ms or something, you know, like a little treat, but mm -hmm. normally, no, I, I feel pretty good. And, uh, and I'm good without them. I don't get that until later or until yeah. in the morning. 
Um, yeah. And there's a difference. There's that intense craving. There's okay. I just like chocolate and want a little yeah. piece of chocolate. Um, or it could be just like a ritual, like, oh, I'm watching this TV show. Usually I have chocolate with it. It's just kind of second nature or used to it. So there's a lot yeah. of different factors there. Yeah, that's a good point. But since we're on metabolism, so one thing that I was kind of, when I was diving into this stuff and looking at is a lot of people, I guess this might be a, uh, a trigger word or, or I don't know, but a lot of people like kind of associated this with um, metabolic damage as well mm -hmm. like uh you know people again going back to the dieting thing people have like crash dieted and in their you know to their to the point now they've they've dieted so long cut their nutrients so low that they're eating non 900 a thousand calories or whatever and it's feel like they can't lose weight right mm -hmm. and it, it seemed to have a correlation to each yeah. other and i wouldn't even call it damage i feel like things are so extreme nowadays yeah. um but definitely your body is less resilient to stress and less resilient to just bounce back and just keep you well and healthy in general. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'd say it all plays a role. I guess it wouldn't even really be damaged. It would more just be like your metabolism working correctly and kind of yeah. slowing down whenever you're, exactly. you're taking out the food. So, uh, it might be a sign it actually works appropriately <laughs> yeah. more than damage. But everything can be reversed too. Um, just know your metabolism. You are specifically know about the metabolism in general and just look forward. Yeah. So what are, um, I guess when we're talking about this adrenal health and we're talking about metabolism and all these types of things, what are some of, like the, some of the overarching like ideas if a person wanted to repair this like obviously they want to work with a coach but like what would they expect like limited activity more nutrients those like what would that what does that kind of look like um and i wouldn't even say limited activity usually i don't even do that it's just more of a heightened focus of recovery so if you're doing this, like we really need to prioritize sleep, um, yoga, deep breathing, any recovery-based exercise, um, and the nutrients too. So it's not like I'm totally telling you to do less unless it's completely necessary and I see that, um, but it's more, okay, you're focusing this much in this area and it's usually physical activity. Let's focus on recovery just as much. So, and we'll see it's so dependent on the situation, but how much time they have and all of that. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think you kind of touched on it earlier. Like if you're going to train like an athlete, you have to uh, recover like an athlete as well. Mm -hmm. And that's something, you know, going back anecdotally that I don't do as well. Right. And mm -hmm. just honestly, not because I don't want to just because of time factor, which yeah. everybody says that. But, you know, when you're you're doing a lot, it, it, it gets easy to let that recovery slip away. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> it was kind of funny, a little bit ironic. Like last night I was laying in bed reading on my phone and I was reading a post about good sleep hygiene in the dark with my phone. <laughs> or like, 40, like, don't look at screens. Yeah. Yeah. 40. Yeah. It's like, doesn't, don't look at screens. And it was like, turn uh, off or don't look at electronics like 20 minutes before bed and have the same nighttime ritual and go to bed at the same time. And it's like, I'm 40 minutes past when I said I was going to go to bed and it's like get seven or eight hours of sleep. And I'm like, if I fall asleep right now, I've got uh, six hours and 40 minutes. And it's like, uh -huh. it, it's very easy to fall off of those things. If it's not something that you make a priority and try to stick to. 
Uh huh. Exactly. But if time's a factor, I mean, you can start small, um, which these make a big impact, but specific nutrients you can do. And that could be in the form of supplementation, actual foods, if you want to, um, for instance, magnesium helps you relax, helps with muscle relaxation. So that's a big one. Um, another thing like deep breathing, that's something that I usually tell people and it goes in one ear out the other, but super, super important. Um, so things like headspace is an app or calm or just certain things that you can do for 10 minutes a day, which everyone can have the time for, I could argue. Yeah, no, absolutely. And arguably that's something that I could make, make time for. So like headspace and calm, those are apps like focus on deep breathing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so the whole thing with that is a lot of your heavy workouts, you're activating that sympathetic nervous system that's helping with the parasympathetic nervous system. So the rest and digest part. Yeah. So I did like some breathing one time that I heard somebody talk about on a podcast and they're like, mm -hmm. they're like, if you do this breathing, I think it was like box breathing or something like that. And it was like, uh, you'll probably notice that you start to yawn and that's like, you're noticing like that parasympathetic is kicking in yeah. and I did it and I literally like yawned right off the bat and I was like this works and uh, -huh. uh that is something I have not implemented it probably should okay yeah an easy thing that you can do tonight yeah absolutely so we're, we're talking about for um recovery we're talking about some supplements like such as magnesium so um magnesium sleep uh breathing Anything else specifically like that uh, people could easily implement? Um, yeah, so I just did an article on specific nutrients, so magnesium, zinc is another one. Um, so that can help with muscle growth in general. Um, Omega-3s um, or just anti-inflammatory fats can really help just reduce inflammation um, and can help with cortisol. And then also vitamin C, which is commonly for immunity, but that can also help with that adrenal response. So are people who take a multivitamin daily, are they getting like adequate amounts of these things typically, or is this something that you like would supplement outside of a multivitamin? Um, again, depends on the situation, but I'd say magnesium generally, yes. Um, pretty deficient in just a common American diet. Um, and usually if you're taking too much, you can tell by GI related things. Um, so I can back it down if possible. Um, so that zinc is one thing that men need a little bit more than women generally. Um, so I usually don't recommend supplementation um, unless I see it's necessary, but getting just quality baseline through a multivitamin. Um, vitamin C and a lot of food sources kind of depends on just preferences and all of that. Yeah. And uh, also same with omega-3s. Yeah, I know like during um... – the whole COVID thing, like I was taking vitamin C, D and zinc. I think I was mm -hmm. taking all of them. Um, especially the, I didn't really didn't start taking the zinc. I don't think until I got COVID and they called me and said, Hey, or like the, when I was talking to the health department, they were like, then that's what kind of, they told me vitamin C, D and zinc. Yeah. And, okay. uh, and I've been taking vitamin C, not as consistently as I should, but pretty well for about a year now. And uh -huh. I mean, it, it seems to help, I think. Okay, yeah. Um, and the thing about that is it's water-soluble, so if you have excess, you just pee it out. So um, you can usually tell if you have excess. Yeah, so one thing, speaking of, like, excess and levels is, like, 
I think when we talked, you said that you had actually done some testing on yourself about uh, some of these things like cortisol and stuff, right? Yeah, I did. Um, so I've done this off and on for the last like four years with clients, um, had never tested myself. I knew like in the past, I definitely had some highs, lows, et cetera. I just wasn't really sure. Um, kind of stabilized blood sugar, anti-inflammatory diet, took magnesium. So kind of the basics that I recommend for almost everyone. Um, and then I got it tested over COVID. So it was a time that I was just a little bit more relaxed, I would say, getting quality sleep, all of that. Um, and then I got the results back and it was pretty low in the morning, actually. So oh. yeah, mid-morning until noon and then it kind of stabilized, um, which was interesting, but just with my history and symptoms and everything, I could definitely see that, I would say. Um, so a couple things I did just focused a little bit more on hydration, more on electrolytes, which can help with that. And then a specific supplement to help with mitochondrial functioning. Um, so yeah, it was more specialized supplements, but something I don't generally recommend unless we get that actual test. Gotcha. And so whenever you took that test, is, did that test func uh, like focus on cortisol specifically, or was that focusing on all those things like your vitamin levels and stuff as well? Um, so this one was just cortisol. Um, I might switch up the method in which I do testing and you can look at hormones. There's so many different ways to go about that, but this one was just cortisol throughout the day. Gotcha. And so when we look at like adrenal health and, and cortisol, there's like a whole, there's a ton of like hormones and stuff that come into play, right? With all mm -hmm. of this that can all be kind of thrown off, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of why I um, picked this niche is basically that's downstream from a lot of these problems. Um, so usually we have to fix these first before we get into the nitty gritty with hormones and all of that. Gotcha. So. Okay. And what seems cool about, about this is that most of these things kind of seem like what you're saying seems like they're fixed um, with lifestyle changes. Yeah. Yeah. So nutrition and lifestyle. Um, so definitely can't discredit the lifestyle changes. So along with that obviously comes like a bit of a, before you change your, your lifestyle, that usually requires you to change your mindset around mm -hmm. this a bit, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why I start off with that. Just kind of looking into the why of how we got here. Um, how you're looking at everything, just kind of ditching that all or nothing mentality, which is common from what I see. Um, is all or nothing mentality and then this problem kind of associated with it. So yeah, that all or nothing mentality gets so many people and but it's kind of weird because it is like, in a way derogatory, but in a way it's great. When because most of the time when people are in that mentality, it's their hearts in the right place, right? They are mm -hmm. in that mentality because like, it can be with anything like it could be with business or it could be with uh, health or whatever. Like for me working out, I do it because I love it, but that kind of puts me in that all or nothing mentality. Cause I want to do it seven days a week and sometimes twice a day, mm -hmm. whether it be jujitsu or lifting. And so changing that mindset is like something that I'm trying to deal with myself. Yeah. And so it, it's just really interesting that you can have the best of intentions in that way and still struggle with it. Yeah. I agree. And it's kind of how our culture is set up, I would say. You just power through everything and that's what you do. 
um, which isn't necessarily the most sustainable thing to do, um, we're coming to realize. So. Yeah, it's definitely a cultural thing because what, I mean, what do they tell you? Like you've been told since you were a kid, like you want to get ahead, you just got to work hard enough for it. You can get anything you want as long as yeah. you work hard enough. And while that is true and it is great and you want to be a hard worker, there's also a point of like diminishing returns, right? Yeah. yeah. And my big overarching theme is there's merit to both. There is merit to hard work and then also that recovery too. And they go hand in hand and you need both. Yeah. So one thing, uh, I know I'm bouncing them back and forth a little bit here, but one thing is about the recovery that really stands out to me and that I'm really, really trying to focus on regardless of my past story I just told, but is the sleep. Uh So do you have some tips like specifically that maybe you give clients about sleep and how that helps recovery and, and how that, uh, affects you? Yeah. Um, so as you said, just limiting screen time before bed, all of that, um, taking say magnesium before bed can help with relaxation, um, a consistent bedtime, which sounds cheesy and waking up around the same time, at least five to six days a week, I would say, but just looking at that consistency, um, and a big thing with all of that is looking at what you're doing throughout your day too. Um, so making sure we're getting some sunlight, not working in a little cubicle with zero sunlight all day. Um, that can certainly affect that. Um, making sure we're getting movement throughout the day, being sedentary all day can definitely affect your sleep. Um, and as we said, stress too. So there's a lot of factors. Um, colder ch- temperatures can help. So how many hours of sleep do I really need? <laughs> um, yeah, in the typical like seven to eight, I would say, but there's a genetic component too. Some people do a little bit better with less sleep, but really quality is important there, consistency, and then generally about that seven to eight hours. Yeah. I, do you uh, like encourage people to track their sleep in any way? Yeah. Yeah. And there's different methods just with Apple watches, et cetera, but that's a good way people like data. So it's a good way to see like, okay, I have a gold star. I did like amazing sleep seven days (laughs) a week. So it's a good motivator, I would say. Yeah. Um, so I, I track my sleep and one of the things that I look at is like, is the HRV whenever I wake up to kind of see if like it says like if it's a good day to train or maybe it's a good day for a rest day. And I try to pay attention to that, but obviously I'm not a professional athlete. I have like scheduling things that I have to do. Like I have to schedule my week when I get workouts in or don't. And so do you give like merit to those types of things? Yeah, definitely. Um, And part of my program is you can sync a lot of those things up to my app, actually, so I can see what you're doing. Um, So sleep, I'm actually switching apps. So I think with this one you can, but also just like steps per day and all of that. Yeah, that's cool. So just going back to the sleep just a little bit, like what I try to do, and and hopefully maybe some of this information can help other people, is like exactly what you said. Like I try to... Uh, limit my screen time and basically I'm just like laying in a pitch black room essentially trying to go to bed Mm -hmm. and then um, you know I try to be in bed at nine o'clock every night like that's the goal and Mm -hmm. then try to keep the try to keep the room cold and one thing I I don't know if good bad whatever but try to make sure I'm hydrated not like overly hydrated but uh, with doing workouts in the evenings too sometimes I don't feel like I get as much or as good of sleep if I come from like a hard jujitsu workout where I've sweat and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff and then go to bed like 
and wake up dehydrated. I don't, I don't know if that's like a correlation there, but just personal thing. And then, um, yeah, just try to be consistent about it. And I feel like the consistency has been the best for me. Definitely. I would say so. Um, and some people are like genetically night owls, so they go to sleep a little bit later, but again, that consistency is really, really important. So, yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird. I've always been like a little bit of a night owl, like pretty always. And then, you know, I just kind of forced myself to get up really early in the morning to work out Mm -hmm. so I could have it over through my day. And I've kind of made that switch a little bit to, um, just going to bed earlier and and being comfortable with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, And yeah, getting back to the jujitsu too, hydration could be a factor, but also just higher intensity workouts late at night, um, spike that cortisol. So that could, yeah, play a role in you not going to sleep as well. Also, when you think about that, it's like people are trying to physically hurt you like that's the that's the goal of the sport so i'm sure that gets a little bit of that fight or flight Uh, you were literally in fight or flight (laughs) yeah 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 which uh which you said is like a direct correlation to the uh cortisol response right Mm -hmm. yep yeah okay that makes makes sense that all makes sense it all comes full circle Mm -hmm. Uh, but one thing we talked about a little bit before the podcast that i was interested in is i've heard some people talk about how uh, this can affect your gains or your uh, progress in the gym with lifting, whether that be like bodybuilding, power lifting, those types of things. Um, so I guess how can people avoid that? Um, how does that affect you? Um, yeah, so I kind of mentioned that when that cortisol is high, that's when that mu- our, uh, muscle catabolism happens. Okay, um, yeah, so yeah. we just don't want that chronically high. Um, also sleep is when our muscles are built generally. So super, super, super important and often overlooked. So we have to do everything with all this to get that optimal sleep so we can recover and bounce back stronger. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. So kind of, uh, wrapping this up, put in a small package with a, with a bow on it. If there was some things that like the listeners could, uh, take away today to implement, like what would be, what do you think is like the most important couple of things that they should take away or look at or try to start paying more attention to? I would say overall, just mindset is the first thing. Um, so noticing that all or nothing mentality, or if you're trying super hard all the time to power through things and without that focus of recovery, um, just first of all, noticing that and just taking some of those small steps for recovery. Um, And it doesn't necessarily have to be stop what you're doing. It's just do more of those recovery focused things. Um, And then secondly, just looking at all those symptoms that I spoke about. So that tired and wired feeling, feel the need for caffeine all day, every day. Um, It could be just blood sugar fluctuation. So brain fog is one thing um, or just like those salt sugar cravings. Um, So just notice symptomatically if that's all going on in your day. If so, might be some problems with your physiology. Yeah. And so at what point, um, at what point would someone like look at these symptoms and think like they need to see a professional, see a coach, uh, start getting some help with this stuff? I would say it could be anyone, honestly. If you're looking to improve, if you're looking for more energy, if you're looking for weight loss, increasing your performance, 
um, then usually having a coach, someone who's seen that, been there, or has the expertise can definitely help you get there. So it just kind of depends on how much you're willing to improve and you're going to be coachable and just ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. So if people want to find you and your coaching services, where do they go? Um, so you can go on Instagram at Chelsea Stegman RD. Um, I also have a brand new site as of about a month and a half ago, um, ChelseaStegmanRD.com. So there has some of my testimonials, blog posts, um, just what I'm all about. And then you can book a call with me that's for free. It's just a discovery call, just kind of talking through all this, um, Talk, but individualized to you. Talking you through the process and what it, what the plan might look for like for you, you know, when you start and going over the stuff, like the steps that you talked about, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, I have a little questionnaire, just kind of what they're looking for and all that. So we go pretty in depth with that. Awesome, Chelsea. I am uh, super excited to see you killing it, doing your thing in business and spreading uh, some awesome information. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. And uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, guys, that is the end of this episode of the Hungry for Success podcast. Thank you again to Chelsea for coming on. Thank you guys for being awesome listeners. Had a great time. I know that I'm going to try to take away some things from this episode and implement for myself because I do not recover good enough. So one of the things is definitely some of the breathing, which I will uh, try to update you guys on the Instagram. So uh, we will be back next week with an all new episode of the Hungry for Success podcast. Stay hungry, my friends.